All right, welcome to this episode of Jetstream Live. Uh, super excited for this episode today. I've got with us here today Anya Visoska. Hopefully, I said that close to correct. Uh, and she's the founder of an app called Rooted, uh, which she has grown to over a million users, uh, which is super, super exciting to hear. Uh, and Anya, welcome uh, to Jetstream Live. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so let, let's start at the beginning. Uh, why did you create Rooted and what is it? What, is, uh, what does the app do? Yeah, so I started Rooted due to personal experience. I was in university and had a panic attack sort of out of nowhere. I really didn't know what they were and what it meant. And I went to a doctor. I didn't have a family doctor, unfortunately. So I feel like that could have been um, another thing that made it more difficult for me than it needed to be. But I was basically told that everything's okay with me. And I was like, okay, well, then what the heck just happened? Like, right. it was terrifying. And so I started doing my own research and kind of lugging around these books around campus that were helpful for me. And I was like, oh, man, this should just be an app. Um, and at the time, there really wasn't many for anxiety. There was just stuff like hypnosis apps or apps with a lot of medical jargon. So it took me a few years before I actually took what I learned and definitely wanted to make sure it was really working for me. And then uh, kind of put it all into content and designed Ron here um, and all the design for the app. So that's kind of how that came to be. And yeah, so Rooted's panic attack and anxiety relief right in your pocket. That's the tagline. It basically consists of different lessons, exercises, tools, and tips and tricks all to both manage anxiety in the long run, but also stop a panic attack immediately when you're experiencing one in the moment. Yeah, that's super awesome. And, and, you know, I've had my uh, bouts of panic attacks and, and anxiety and stuff, and mm -hmm. it's not a fun experience to go through. Uh, and it can feel very, uh, I don't know if lonely, but just like it's happening to me. It's very isolating, I guess. Uh, and so to have, you know, an app to go to, because, you know, sometimes you go to the, your doctor and they'll do their best. Um, but mm -hmm. A lot of times it's, it's here's the medication, uh, rather than here are some of the tools to deal with in the moment. So uh, pretty cool uh, to create uh, that app and provide that uh, support and help uh, to so many people. Um, what? Uh, so you recently hit the the million mark, uh, mm -hmm. which is pretty amazing. I, I think I remember when uh, I should say too. You, you you and I work on the Alacrity Digital Marketing Bootcamp together. You created all the course content. Uh, I came in to facilitate it. So we've been working together for man three years now, uh, so and. I think when, when we started, I think you were at like 150,000 or something, 200,000. It was actually my birthday when I hit 100,000. And we were sitting in the classroom together because we were like planning the curriculum for the next day or something. And I was like, hey, just hold on a sec. And I like looked at my stats and I was like, ooh, I'm about to hit 100,000. And yeah, it happened to be my birthday. So yeah, it definitely um, it started, you know, in, late, late 2017, December, and then didn't really launch the full product until January 2019. And then since then, things have, um, yeah, been been picking up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so amazing that that growth. And so, you know, so I remember that time, uh, you know, thinking, wow, 100,000, that's a pretty serious app, right? Like it's, it's for real. But now you're at a million. So can you can you talk about how you got there? I'm sure there's a lot of things in that. But how did you get yeah. to a million users? Yeah, so in the start, I had no money. It's like bootstrapped. Uh, so I really focused a lot on app store optimization, 
uh, some search engine optimization, but really mainly within the app. And then about creating uh, loopholes for people to both refer people or recommend it to someone or rate it. And looking back now, like I could have done way better at that too. Um, but yeah, ultimately I put a lot of time and care to the product and Rooted was often recommended by friends to friends and to doctors and to counselors and to communities and schools. So that was a big part of it. It's just like really focusing on the product, making sure it was something worthy of referring. Um, and then, yeah, just including like things like share buttons in the app and uh, encouraging users to keep using it with their friends. I also spent a lot of time on social media back in the day. It was like just me. And so I was like literally on social media all the time, um, just growing rooted social media accounts. So it started off really slow, but that is definitely what what it did. And I think panic attacks are also quite niche. And right now there's only really a couple, few apps, a handful of apps, very few on the app store that still deal specifically with panic attacks. And so Rooted was just one of the first. Yeah, it was actually yeah. the first because we ended up ranking so high for our keywords panic attack relief because uh, there just wasn't any other app out there for that really, except for again, those really kind of more stale medical apps. So um, the content really spoke to people my age. Yeah, ab absolutely. And and uh, you, were, you were mentioning uh, about it just being you. And I think, you know, one of the um, maybe most impressive things about this is you've bootstrapped this. There's no, no funding outside funding or, or money uh, that you've taken. Uh, how, how did you go about do that? And, and maybe let's explain a little bit about why bootstrapping versus raising money because you, you know, you're around all these people, investors and, and stuff, and you chose to go bootstrap. Uh, why, why bootstrap? Yeah, so I guess why bootstrapping? I the core value of Rooted is really to help people with anxiety and panic attack relief, and I didn't really see a way to do that while getting investment because investment is inherently very revenue focused, and for me it was more mm. I was focused more on user acquisition, so I didn't really see a way of working on Rooted in a way that would maintain that value if I had taken on investment. I'd say I'm, you know, that still kind of stands today, but I, I do realize that, you know, there are a lot of awesome investors that are into social impact and are, um, you know, open to that too. But, but at the time, it just didn't make sense from that standpoint. And then also there wasn't anything immediately besides development, obviously, that I felt that I really needed uh, funds for. And so I just cut, yeah, did it the hard way in terms of, you know, working with people that were affordable because they were either recently students or grads and they were just getting their experience. But then that also means a lot more bugs. It means a lot more time for things to deploy um, and kind of went through all those headaches. And then myself personally, I just had no social life for a few years. I still <laughs> don't really. I think my friends would say I still don't really have a social life. Um, and that, yeah, it just means that I was working on it at night and working on it all whenever I could fit it in really. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, certainly a, a sacrifice uh, that you've made there to, to create this, but when you have something that is purpose driven, uh, it's probably a little easier to work on that. And so, you know, how has that been to work on something that matters? It's not just any product or something that makes money. It's like, this is something that, you know, like you said, you wanted user acquisition, but to help people, right? So how do how have you uh, you know felt about the the project in that way, uh, and, and creating something that 
I think really matters and that is, mm -hmm. you know, does have a real purpose behind it. Yeah, I mean, it's huge. It's definitely a huge part of the motivation. Um, behind me here are testimonials from users and uh, my partner actually made that for me. And it's really helpful for those long nights where you are exhausted or another bug happens in the app or mm. uh, a release you put in was denied by the app store and you have to like figure out what that could be or you fix one thing in the app and another thing breaks elsewhere. Like those are really discouraging times and also hearing no from clients, like all the things. Um, and so then just taking a step back and reflecting on like why I'm doing it is really important. And then the mm -hmm. user testimonials are hundred um, percent super motivating. I mean, every week we'll get a handful of people writing in to share that it's like life-saving in their words, you know, and, and that's huge. And that's really awesome. And when I first started, I was really hoping to help other people like me who are just really struggling and didn't have to be. And uh, Rooted has done that with many, many people now. Yeah, I'm sure that's just super motivating, right? To get mm, those testimonials really and feedback, uh, you know, and, and, you know, like to save someone's life. And that, that really is, you know, what you're doing. I mean, you can't uh, um, forget that, that that's really what's happening. Um, and I, I don't know, I just think that's a really uh, great, great thing, uh, obviously, to be providing to, uh, to people. Um, one of the one of the strategies that I know that you've used quite well uh, is is press releases or PR. You know, getting your name out there, uh, interviewing, and I, I think as a uh, you know facilitator of a digital marketing boot camp, it's not one of the most talked about, most ex maybe not most one of the most exciting strategies, but it is very effective. There's a lot of hard work and sweat that goes into that. Can you talk about how you've leveraged PR and, and found yourself in some really interesting articles or interviews? Uh, and how you went about, you know, doing that and what, what impact that had on the app. Yeah. So I'd say you're totally right where there's like a lot of sweat that goes into it and you're not guaranteed a win at all with PR. So a lot of people turn away from it. Um, but for me as a bootstrapped app, you know, I had to spend very little to actually get the press release out there. And then the rest of the time was just like writing it, planning it kind of figuring out which journalists might be interested and why and, you know, writing personal notes, a lot of time of like just reaching out to people. Um, and then also using some services that just like send it out to more people. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that basically since the beginning, since even 2017. And so I should have say, said that earlier too. Um, but it just, again, it's a hit or miss. So you never actually know what the impact will be until it happens. I'd say out of like the 30 times I've done it, probably I've only not seen results like one or once or twice, though. Sometimes they don't happen right away. Sometimes it's months later, a journalist will take another look at their inbox and be like, okay, well, today I don't have anything to write. So let's interview this girl. Um, yeah, so it takes sometimes a while and you can't see the impact right away. There are certain things you can do, like we had mentioned in the course, Mike, is to you know make sure that the link is being tracked so you can actually see who's opening it and stuff like that but yeah it's it's really hit or miss sometimes journalists will copy and paste the exact article you sent them and i see that either yeah sometimes they won't use like a follow link and sometimes that duplication isn't very good uh, other times they'll actually take time and read what you had to say, give you a call, interview you more and write their own thing completely. And I'd say mm. those are some of the most valuable interviews. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious, what are some of the sites you've been on? Because there's there's been some well-known mm. 
uh, once you've had it. And, and you know, you you may not brag for yourself, but I'll tell people you you were a thirty under thirty Forbes thirty under thirty uh, recently, and you've probably won other awards. Douglas Magazine. Um, wh- where have you been featured or, or found? And maybe brag a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I was a nominee for Forbes 30 Under 30. I like got to like whatever the second step is. But yes, 30 Under 30 here in BC. And uh, yeah, I for the magazines, we've been in uh, Women's Health. We've been in Time Magazine. That was a really interesting one. We were like cited as uh, this list on this list of apps alongside these venture-backed unicorns like Headspace and Calm. So that was really neat. Oh, cool. um, we've been in, oh man, I'd have to check now, but... Uh, <laughs> Glamour magazine. Uh, we've been on a few news channels in the States. I've been invited for interviews there. Uh, we've been on CTV here in BC. Um, yeah, I'd have to take a look. It's on the w- website, but like Bustle. Um, yeah, so a lot of great magazines that do have a lot of exposure and they just have yeah, great uh, SEO juice too. Healthline is another one, but they don't always actually link back to your site. It's a hit or miss there too, um, but that's a part of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and uh, you know, getting featured, maybe not getting the link is good, but, you know, you might find a link somewhere else and stuff. So has that had a big effect on your like SEO rankings, like your organic uh, search rankings? So SEO wise, we're doing really well with the site. Uh, however, I noticed that domain authority, it's a struggle because I think when yeah. you're an app, you also get a lot of sketchy websites linking back to you. Mm. And it's because people are constantly writing about apps or listing them and doing all these like, uh, you know, on the Android side, sometimes like figuring out how to download them, the premium version illegally. Like we get a lot of sketchy things that I then have to sometimes yeah. look into and figure out like, okay, why is this here? And why is this mentioned here? Um, so I'd say, yes, our SEO score actually, since this is a digital marketing uh, interview. I, the other day I checked, it was 89. So I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. Uh, but the domain authority is like hovering around 40. And I just think we could be doing a lot better with all these mentions. And I saw there's like thousands and thousands of people that link to us. And so they're definitely not all, um, these amazing magazines. It's a mix, but I'm sure those mentions help make that higher. And maybe if we didn't have those, it'd be lower. Yeah. 40, 40 is, is pretty good, right? That's, that's yeah. Decent. It's not, yeah. It's not terrible. I was just, yeah. Always shooting for the stars, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and so, you know, we were talking actually, I think last week, uh, cause you were featured as one of the top apps, uh, on, was it Apple? Uh, and, and maybe you can just talk a little bit about how that happened, because I think when you're looking at the app store and you see those featured apps, you're like, oh, you know, obviously they're featured. But there was some work that went into this and, and some time and some patience to actually get that spot. Can you tell people about that? Yeah. So when you are on the app stores, and this is both for Apple and Google Play, there is a link you can go to to submit what you think is a great story or a great update. You want to let the app store editors know about that. And I've been filling those out since like 2017. So definitely not new. A lot of ones that have gone unnoticed or ignored Uh, But yeah, I think over time, as your app slowly starts to rank higher and higher, you, you know, you show credibility with your ratings, your reviews, you know, the app store editors obviously see your analytics, they don't tell you what actually goes into it. So I can't speak Mm. for them. Um, But I just, you know, now that we do have all this, like even more credibility and stuff, we're 
people are taking note. And I think that before when I was just starting out, panic attacks was so niche that people didn't want to touch it. You know, mm. they haven't told this to me directly, but in some meetings I've had with people, they were just like, I mean, the appsters haven't told this to me directly. Some people have just told me directly at the beginning that they just didn't want to write about panic attacks because it's so niche and nobody knows mm. about it. And um, yeah, so I think over time, like mental health is also more talked about now. And I just think it's great that Rooted was there in 2017 before all of this new talk. So it can really, um, you know, we we walked the walk. No, is that the saying? <laughs> I always get my walk, sayings wrong. You can talk the talk or talk yeah, the talk. Yeah, we talk the talk. We walk the walk before the pandemic. And now hopefully we're there for people who need it during the pandemic and, and after the pandemic. So um, I'd say that all plays a big role in it. It's just like those app store editors see that credibility. And you as an app store developer need to keep sharing your story, keep letting them know what's interesting, keep letting them know how you're using their platform. Um, because they also love to see that if you have any like specific app store features or Google Play features. And uh, yeah, just keep keep trying at it. And I think that's something that a lot of people I've talked to kind of give up because they're like, oh, well, I tried and it didn't work out. Like it mm -hmm. literally took me like, I want to say like 15, 20 times before they did anything. So yeah. um, it was a lot of just manually putting in my calendar. OK, today I'm <laughs> doing this again and then remembering, or, you know, putting it in for in a few weeks again. Yeah. Yeah. And, and kind of on that, that note as well, uh, I'm kind of curious because, you know, this, this stuff doesn't happen overnight, mm -hmm. but to the outside, you know, it can seem like, oh, this app came, came out of nowhere. It's an overnight success. Uh, mm -hmm. Anywhere along the journey that you've, that you felt like giving up or thought about, you know, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I think at the beginning, especially a lot of people were just telling me that it will be really hard and that that's true. They were right about it. And I was also told by like, you know, well-meaning people in my life that maybe aren't intact that like, this is ridiculous, don't do it. Mm. And that was really sad for me. It was really demotivated. I know some people get motivated by stuff like that. But for me, I think I just felt demotivated. I really like cared about those people. And it was sad. And I didn't love that people would, yeah, say stuff like that or kind of like, ignore it or not take it seriously when I was putting so much work and effort in already. And I really believed in it. But I guess that's just what a lot of founders go through. So during those times, I definitely would have time to, if it was like affecting my sleep, or like I said, my social life, again, I didn't have much of one. But you know, I would sometimes think like, Oh, are they right? Are they right? But then yeah. I would quickly be like, No, they're not like, this is, you know, if just as soon as just a few people started saying it was helping them, then I was like, no, like this is what people in my former situation need to see. And it sucks that I don't have the support of those around me always, but I'm just going to do it anyway. And yeah. So again, probably like most founders. Yeah. It kind of, kind of makes me think that sometimes it's just about starting uh, and then finding out. And, and even if so, some of those people, may have been right about a certain direction something was going in eventually mm -hmm. you find your way and if you I, I think just you know perseverance as an entrepreneur is is so so important and uh but it's easy to get knocked down uh, and stay down um yeah yeah and it was actually a couple of years into it that people were still saying that so it wasn't just at the beginning so it definitely yeah it took a while for well I guess not that it took a while to me it was like great from the beginning. I was amazed by every milestone. I was like, this is so incredible. Like, and so in my head it was going so well then to have a conversation with somebody close to me and hear them 
saying that I should give up or stop. That was really discouraging, mm. but it went on for many years. It wasn't just at the beginning. And even now, actually, um, I think it's still hard for some like family members and stuff to like realize how important it is and how much it's grown. They're kind of like, oh, is that your first user review? It's like, it's been like four <laughs> years, probably like 10,000 now. Like, that. Yeah. <laughs> so it is hard. I think when those people just see, they have an idea in their head of what this is and it's hard for them to change it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, and and you can't get caught up too much in their um, exactly. reasons for yeah. for you know saying the things mm -hmm. they say. Uh, did you do anything to celebrate the milestones? You know, for me, for me personally, I would like hit milestones and just blow past them and be like next, and I wouldn't take the time to celebrate. But are you doing anything to to acknowledge that you're hitting these things on on your journey? Yeah. So at first, I didn't very much at all like i was very quick to just kind of go past it because it was never big enough never you know at that point where we've reached enough people it was always like this is just a step to get to the end goal like let's keep going um i say let's it's, you know it's not actually a full team but it's me and uh awesome contract developer and uh quite a few other contractors that chip in every now and then by the way just for context there um and yeah, I think I didn't at all, Mike. I think I was like still just like not feeling confident about it, even though it was going well. Like it wasn't ever good enough, I guess, was this uh, idea that I had. But recently, including that 100,000 milestone, 100,000 download milestone, and now the million dollar milestone, million, it's early, it's still early, <laughs> a million user milestone um, that actually happened on my birthday. So it was kind of easier to be like, oh, well, here's a good reason to like combine these two and do a celebration of my birthday and Rooted, which is also a testament to how like connected and how intertwined I am with Rooted that it like, I'd share a birthday party with the rat mascot, Ron. And yeah, um, so I'm trying, but it's hard. I mean, I don't really party anymore and that's usually how I'd associate celebrating yeah. something in university we would all like just go party but now that i don't it's like well what else can i do i can take time for myself i can go on a long run but it doesn't really feel like partying um or celebrating but but i'm trying i'm trying to come up with different things to to celebrate and to take the time because i think that's another thing i would recommend for founders if there are any listening is it's really easy to just go those milestones really quickly but it's actually the funnest part of the business and when you look back in years like this is probably some of the funnest parts of the journey so celebrating it now makes a lot more sense than putting it off yeah absolutely and and i can relate to that like kind of intertwining myself with the company which is 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 at the time feels really good but then you know at other times it can it can be a difficult thing to to get through right if if the business isn't doing so well, then it's like, I'm not doing so well. And that's a tough mm -hmm. thing to kind of manage for, for myself, I've found. But also at the same time, it's like, if I didn't do that, I wouldn't have felt the wins as, as much. So uh, it's something that for me personally, I'm like hyper aware of that uh, I don't get too intertwined, but it, it's hard not to when it becomes this sort of living, breathing thing. It is kind of, you know, your, your baby or your, you know, like your project that you work on all the time. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I can definitely feel that. Um, I was recently on your Instagram and, and I saw a word that I'd never seen before and I didn't know what it meant. So I had to look it up. Uh, polyglot. Uh, can you explain what that is for the other people who maybe don't know what it means? Yeah, it just means I love and speak different languages. 
I, is the definition more than three? Is that what it is? Multiple. I, I think it might. I think it might be. Yeah. yeah I, for me, I'm, like I, I struggled with just the one. Um, but but uh, the reason I bring it up is because you had some, uh, you were able to translate the app into other languages. Maybe that's because you're a polyglot or speak these other languages or just because you saw an opportunity. Can you talk about that strategy and how that worked or maybe didn't work in certain areas? Yeah, definitely. Uh, so yeah, it's a great question because there's lots of pros and cons to translating. So I'd say yes, definitely inspired by my love of languages. I've always loved seeing the work that I've done in different languages and figuring out how to say it in different languages. And I like study languages for fun. Actually, that's part of my celebration is also just taking time to like Duolingo or something, you know? Cool. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a game, but I, yeah, so I translated first into Portuguese and that wasn't necessarily a business decision as much of like this, translator sent me this article. He wanted a job, right? He wanted the job of translating rooted into Portuguese. I don't happen to speak Portuguese. So that wasn't the language that I could help. I was on the side already translating to Spanish and Polish because those are languages that I speak and enjoy. But uh, it's a really like rooted has a lot of content. It's very text heavy in some places. It's text and audio heavy. So a lot to translate for both of those. And this guy sent me this article from Brazil. And it was about how many people in Brazil are struggling with panic attacks. And the article was written really well. And it was very descriptive. And so as I was reading the article, I felt like I was feeling their pain. I was like, mm. wow, like, this is horrible. Like, this is, you know, what really, I feel set me back in my university life. And it was just these horrible sensations and not having access to resources. Like, yes, I resonate. And Basically, the guy did a great job by sending me that article because then I was totally convinced. I was like, hey, even if I don't like make revenue from this, like it was worth it. Like he wasn't charging any outlandish fees. And and I was like, yes, let's do it. So that was probably my it wasn't outlandish, but it was an expense for me because as a bootstrap company, everything is. And uh, yeah, so I went about that. And for some reason, Brazilians just love Rooted. They are just they download it so much. They leave so many lovely reviews. They uh, do school projects on it. I hear about it from their community centers. Like I get lots of emails from them. Like it's especially in Brazil, Rooted is really, really used. And in fact, aside from the US, uh, that's one of our biggest markets. So um, yeah. And then in terms of the con, I'd say that it increases the app size. So that's something mm, that right. I, it was fine with just Portuguese, but then I quickly went into like, French, because as a Canadian company, I wanted French. And then I wanted Spanish because there's so many Spanish speaking people in the world. I wanted Polish literally just to be able to tell my aunts what it is I do because they just don't, they didn't understand it at all. So then they could actually download Rooted and read through it. So that was really cool. Um, and we actually got a lot of press in Poland, which was very neat. I think they were like, uh, yeah, there's not a ton of anxiety apps in Polish either. So uh, we were actually recommended like in universities for students to use if they're like getting into exam season. So that was really neat. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And then what other language? Chinese, I think, you know, uh, is, is huge and and is going to be huge. And yeah, most recently, and this is actually just went into the app store today as a test oh, flight. Cool. I'm really excited about it. Japanese. Oh, cool. And uh, Ron, the mascot here, he sounds so cool in Japanese. So I'm really <laughs> excited about that one. 
Oh, that, that's, that's awesome. That, that's super cool. And that's something that, uh, you know, as an English speaking person, I never really think of that strategy to like, hey, we can expand into these other markets. I'm always concerned about one, the language that I'm going to like say something wrong mm -hmm. and offensive, but two, also just like the cultural nuance that goes with that, that can sometimes get lost, right? Like you don't understand yeah. the slangs or what you're saying and stuff. So, totally. uh, you know, yeah. There are little iterations. So for example, in Brazil, it's not Ron, it's Ronnie, because they put okay. e on the end of uh, different names to kind of, for more of like personalization, the way that you'd say the names of some of the tools. Like I made some custom names in English, like breather, visualizer with no vowel because Rooted doesn't have the E. So I removed the E from the names of the tools. Right. That doesn't translate very well. And yeah. I'd say there's, it's just really important to use somebody local and right. you can't always yeah. confirm that it's local when you're meeting someone online, right? So yeah. it's good, like before launching anything, I have people from those countries now look over it. But at the beginning I didn't, cause I didn't know. Um, the other thing to always consider is like pricing points for those co uh, company or countries. And that's something that I also didn't spend a ton of time at at first because I just, yeah, I just kind of learn as I go. Um, but yeah, those are some things to think about. Another con was the fact that some investors or judges for grants thought that it was too scattered, that, you know, you should just be focusing on the one market and not doing all mm -hmm. these other markets. So that was another potential con that you might have for those considering translating. Uh, for me, I'm really happy I did it and I don't regret any of it, but um, just keeping in mind that, that, that there are potential cons as well. Yeah, ab absolutely. Uh, so, so Maxine has a has a question here, and I think it's uh, pretty interesting as well because uh, mm -hmm. we're talking about milestones and, and where you've come from. But what what's next? What's the next big milestone, and and where are you going with with this app? Yeah, so within the next year, I'm actually so it took four years to get to a million, and now I'm hoping to get to a million in one year. So like the second million, so two million uh, by the end of the year. I think that's a part of a huge part of a milestone. Uh, I'm working on basically I have like every month planned out almost for 2022 already in terms of like what releases going out and it changes all the time, but it's just like fun for me to plan and have that roadmap. Um, but just like any startup, things go wrong and twist and turn. And sometimes I have a lot of surprises, but but I do have all these things planned that I'd love to get out in 2022. And then, yeah, so I'd say that's the next milestone is 2 million um, within a year from the time I hit 1 million. Yes, yeah, it's, it's really interesting to think about the the growth, right? Like go, like getting to 100,000 probably maybe was like slower and more difficult. And then getting from 100 to a million, not that it was easy, but maybe it was easier. And now you're saying, you know, to get to a million to 2 million, you know, you think you can do that now in, in a year. But having this like, community these users and this like swell of people that you can mm -hmm. then not like exploit but like leverage them and give them the right tools to share it and there's some real you know good that goes behind that like if i share that with a friend that's struggling i feel mm -hmm. good as well so you've got that sort of advantage uh on your side so really interesting any any specific strategies that you think you know, you, you'll be able to really leverage uh, that you can share um, in the next Yeah. Year. So I think, uh, like I mentioned, you know, now that, you know, the, the app stores are really seeing that the app is so utilized, I'm definitely going to keep up with that strategy I've done since the beginning of, you know, sharing with them any new updates and how we're using their platforms. 
and um, hopefully get some exposure that way because it is, you know, it's also a win-win situation for them. I think if people are loving it and leaving five-star reviews and they'll often say, they're like, I called or I was having really bad panic attacks to the point where I was calling 911. And then I found mm. this because the app store featured this app and now it changed my life and I'm so stoked. And so they get kudos too. And so hopefully, right. obviously they're huge corporations. Um, so they get plenty of kudos from everyone, but uh, they, yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. I have more revenue now, so I can do more ads, uh, cool. definitely continuing with the press and SEO and really being able to have more contract help because uh, it was really just me doing it all this time. So obviously if I have somebody else working on, let's say a press release yeah. and I can be doing the uh, product work and all that. So yeah, pretty excited for the next year. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like you can really leverage like your growing team as well as, mm -hmm. you know, this, these users and, uh, you know, really grow quickly. So, uh, be excited. Maybe we'll have to have you back on for 2 million users. Mm -hmm. uh, Maxine has another question here. Is the number of users, the main KPI or what other KPIs are you measuring to watch the performance and growth of the app? Yeah. So monthly active users is huge. And then weekly active users and daily active users. I also now measure revenue. So I had a really big focus on user acquisition until 2021. And then uh, really in March this year is when I really started focusing on revenue. So that's another thing, uh, measuring of ratings, in-app usage, how long people are using in the app. Mm. We also look at what tools they're using in the app to make sure that those, the way that we're speaking about Rooted outside of Rooted matches what they're doing within the app, right? So right now we have both panic attack tools, but also tools for general anxiety, tools like breathing and visualization, and just really trying to determine what the people who use Rooted the most really use it for and how we can attract mo more of those people online. So, yeah. Um, but in terms of those KPIs, I'd say those, those first few that I mentioned are probably the go-to. Yeah, for sure. And, and just as you were saying that, I was just thinking like you, you created this, you know, for because you were having panic attacks and stuff. How are your panic attacks and, 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 and your anxiety, uh, how mm -hmm. are you doing? And, and do you use the app uh, as well? Yeah, so uh, way better. And it's almost like, you know, you feel like it was such a terrifying experience that it's almost like I'm worried I'll jinx it if I say that I'm way better. <laughs> but I am. I mean, I'm doing, uh, I'm, you know, back at work, back in relationships and life. And and I definitely carry Rooted with me everywhere. And I was using it this morning. So I, uh, it's definitely something that I use myself and I just feel comforted knowing I have it on my phone even if I don't need it as much as mm -hmm. I used to and a lot of people who use Rooted say the same thing where they're like I've graduated from the app and you know they they send like a note or an email or they want to even send gifts because they're just so grateful for having had that experience and having Rooted been a part of their journey so same with me you know I feel like well, maybe I'll never graduate because it's my baby, right? But I <laughs> but I have it just on me and I'll use it for like the more general anxiety tools as opposed to the panic attack tool. But knowing that I always have the panic attack tool there if I need it. But yeah, it's pretty important for me to like walk the talk and root it and do not just the exercise, but like the the lifestyle recommendations. Like, you know, I love my runs and my workouts and yes. um, I don't believe in any specific prescribed diet, but I just try to eat like, 80% healthy, 20% whatever I want. And I just feel like that just sort of generates a good balance for me. And that's what we recommended in Rooted. And yeah, it's uh, it, 
yeah, it's my companion still, but I am doing way, way better. Yeah. Awesome. That, 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 that's great to hear. You know, I, I've had my own uh, journey and, and I, I practice like what I would call like proactive management of anxiety and, and depression. Uh, and, and so I try to stay on top of it, but it's nice to know that you have those tools and to know they're there. It's, it's, uh, I don't know, oddly comforting uh, to know that something like that is there for you and know that you have that option. So, uh, it's such an awesome, uh, thing that you've, that you've created and I'm glad to hear that you're doing so much better. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I wish you all the best of luck on, uh, you know, what's, what's ahead. You've obviously created an amazing foundation and uh, like foundation of, of a business. Now you can continue to, to grow that and continue to help more and more people. Mm -hmm. Uh, so thanks so much for, for coming on and sharing, uh, your story and, and telling us about rooted, uh, and I wish you uh, all the best. Thanks so much Anya. Cheers. Thanks Mike. Bye. All right. Bye everyone. <laughs>